We hired a couple people to produce that, literally off our unemployment checks. Dylan was like, yo, AJ, we need this clip in 12 hours to get Sam Parr and Sean Puri's attention. They're from another podcast. Can you do it? I think they scrapped the project like two or three times overnight. And what AJ comes back with, again, is this, this kind of rudimentary storytelling in a graphic. And then we just kept stacking innovation and storytelling on top of that. And that's kind of how we stumbled into the media agency and then stumbled into productizing that. I'm Jesse Clemens, and this is Creator Kit, where each week we shine the spotlight on awesome new tools and services for the creator economy and unpack how they might help you grow your creator business faster. Creator Kit is presented by Highbeam. Highbeam solves message overload for creators by organizing and prioritizing DMs and comments in one unified workspace, so you never miss an important message again. You can find us at highbeamapp.com. On this episode of Creator Kit, we talked to Henry Belcaster. Henry's a YouTuber, the co-founder of a company called Clipped, and the host of the Smart Nonsense podcast. On today's show, we talk about Henry's roots as a vlogger, how his company Clipped is productizing visual storytelling, and how Henry uses what he calls squatter marketing to open doors with some of the tech industry's biggest stars. Let's get to it. Cool. Henry, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Stoked to be here. It's uh, awesome to have you on. I know your voice already as I listen to the uh, Smart Nonsense podcast quite a bit. So it's funny to hear it in interactive fashion, so to speak. That's very scary. I think, well, funny enough, I think I have different voice. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Dylan and I have a lot of heart to hearts about this, but I have different voices in different places. My podcast with you is different than my YouTube vlog which is different than how I talk with my girlfriend, which is different than how I talk with Dylan. I don't know if I'm unique in that respect. I just think they're all like plus or minus 10%. Yeah. What, what is it? Is it like the difference in the medium in terms of format or is it actually a different audience? What makes it different for you? Yeah, it might be. It might be the medium. It might be the format. It might also be the content or maybe I'm just a good actor. I think what, and Dylan says what I do probably to a fault is like, I'm too agreeable. And I think the way that manifests is in acting or changing who I am mm. to be more like the other person. I think that's like a long philosophical thing that we probably don't need to get into, yeah. but it's just something I've been thinking about recently. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I noticed, at least the experience I had as a subscriber to your YouTube channel, which is on the first place that I had seen you, there's like this, if you were thinking of like the control board of emotions, the dial is really high on like earnestness, excitement, optimism, adventure, those sorts of feelings that come from the, from the daily vlog and from the YouTube channel. And then on the podcast, what I got was more like problem solving, a little bit more philosophical. And of course it's more, it feels more of like discussion format because it's both you and Dylan on the pod. Yeah, that's pretty sharp. And I think too, it's like for my YouTube videos, the crap I'm doing is so mundane. If I'm not crazy and caffeinated and optimistic, it's like, why would anybody want to watch that stuff? Right. I, I don't really have an edge otherwise. So I lean into that. Yeah. Love it. Well, it's working. So I guess a little background on for the audience on how this came together. I, as I'm sure many of your more recent opportunities share like similar background. I'm an all in pod listener, love the show. One day I'm listening and uh, David Sachs mentions Henry Belcaster putting together these videos. I'm like, wait, 
who is that? I got his here. What? Who is this person that is is uh, getting airtime on the show? <laughs> what are they all about? So I went and checked out your stuff, and I was struck by the quality of of production and the way that you first with your own stuff. As I watched a few shows, you know, really nailed it in terms of like connecting with the audience and with some of those emotions that I had previously described. But then just being like a really amazing visual storyteller, and we're going to get into your product clipped in a little bit, which is really important as it is a, you know, a visual tool, but that's the background on how I came across you. We connected and uh, decided to, to put this pod together. Maybe we can talk, talk a little bit about the all in pod, at least very briefly in terms of it, giving context to what you're working on now with clipped. So as I understand it, you coined this phrase, or at least I saw the phrase for the first time from you recently called squatter marketing, which is Basically, I'll try my best at it and then we'll hear it from you. It's basically putting your work out there for free to people that are your ideal clients, seeing if it sticks and seeing what opportunities come your way. Is that a, a pretty good description of the, the technique? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I think in terms of what you're talking about, the best part of squatter marketing is David Sachs was probably giving us airtime. You said Henry Belcaster. It was probably more like Harry Ben Laster. <laughs> Right? He didn't actually know who we were. Right. But yeah, we were just creating all this stuff of tremendous value for those guys. And look, like they're human beings. When you get something like our clips of yourself and it offers some sort of value, there's no way that they don't share that. Right. These people, myself included, like we love seeing ourselves. We love talking about ourselves. It's just like a very human thing. So we're like, how can we show them in exactly their terms what we could do for them? squat all over their marketing and then give them no choice but uh, to work with us down the line right in true creator fashion it's like a perfect manifestation of the ask for forgiveness not for permission type mindset and what's i guess what's the worst that could happen someone says no take this down i don't want you using my image it seems very unlikely given that most of these guys are new forms of creators themselves that that would happen. So I thought I thought it was totally genius and definitely a lesson to be taken for our audience who are creators themselves. I think the important thing that we prioritize too, and this comes from Netflix's culture, it's this idea of do no harm. Right. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, so long as this piece we make isn't slander, doesn't paint them in a bad light, doesn't paint our brand in a bad light, yeah, you can ask for forgiveness all day long, right? It does no harm. So our default is to just post stuff, post a ton of content. If it does no harm, we're winning. That's kind of what, what's kept us consistent over time. And just a little more context for the audience, for those that aren't familiar with the All In Pod, it's a somewhat longer form podcast that's probably like pretty close to the top of charts these days, but focuses on business initially came from like uh, commentary on Silicon Valley happenings and tech and society and sort of took on a life of its own via the big personalities of the stars. So tell us a little bit about coming out of the all in pod experience. I know Smart Nonsense is a media shop. Can you tell us a little bit about the media shop, some of the business direction that you were thinking of going in and how it was, how it eventually shifted into this more scalable approach of Clipped or any angle you want to take there would be perfect. Into a lot of things. It, it's funny because it's really one of these things that like you read about it in books, it's kind of cliche. You don't think it's, it's real, but like we really stumbled into this every step of the way. Yeah, we were probably the most qualified, the right people to run the ship, but it's like 
Dylan calls me one day. He's like, let's start a podcast. Let's call it Smart Nonsense. I'm like, all right, we're smart and nonsensical. Let's go. How long ago was this? This was a year ago. Got it. And you guys were already friends or already coworkers or? Correct. Already friends, both unemployed. Really the only two friends in our group that were like entrepreneurs. So we're like, let's just stick this thing out together. And you were already vlogging. Yeah. At the time I was on like a gap year. Cool. And I was vlogging kind of. I was making like weekly YouTube videos just to like have some accountability to do something during my gap year. Then Dylan calls me and that very much turned into the daily podcast and the daily vlog, which was like, life is absurd right now. And if you listen to the first episode of the Smart Nonsense podcast, it's called Dear 2045. It was very much like, let's start building that these diary entries that we can look back on in 25 years. And what would that look like, right? So it, it came out of this like, doing something because we really wanted to do it for ourselves. We were passionate about it and we just wanted to goof off. That's the podcast. We hired a couple people to produce that literally off our unemployment checks. This is, you know, the middle of the pandemic and Dylan's really great at hiring. So he, of course, prioritized hiring, hiring the best producers in the world, editors and uh, animators. And they kind of cooked up this very early rudimentary style that people now see, which is our visual storytelling. And at the time, it was like, it was our, our animator, AJ, Beast. Dylan was like, yo, AJ, we need this clip in 12 hours to get Sam Parr and Sean Puri's attention. They're from another podcast. Can you do it? And AJ just cranks overnight. I think they scrapped the project like two or three times overnight. And what AJ comes back with, again, is this, this kind of rudimentary storytelling in a graphic. And it's just this like never-ending, scrolling, meme thing with cutouts popping up to kind of supplement the podcast clip that it was for. Do you remember what, what the topic of the clip was for that particular one, by any chance? It was what we did. We were targeting one of our inspirations, Sam Parr, and we just went on their YouTube, looked for their most popular video. His company's called The Hustle. So we found the most popular video for The Hustle. We're like, that must be something because it's the most popular, so let's animate it. It was Sam Parr. It's really goofy clip. I don't know. We could try and find it, but it was Sam Parr in a bar meeting the founder of the Silk Road. I remember this. I saw the clip. I remember the story and I remember seeing the clip too. Which is nuts. It's like pirate. Uh, I forget. There's a great yeah, book. Silk, uh, Silk on, Road. On the, that guy. So it's a really funny clip. You know, you've got like Sam Parr's bobblehead, like walking through the bar and, and we superimposed it. And then we just kept stacking innovation and storytelling on top of that. And that's kind of how we stumbled into the media agency. And we'll get to it in a minute, but stumbled into productizing that. Super cool. Okay, so it started as basically media company that you guys built in-house. And then as you started employing Squatter Marketing, you said, okay, this medium works really well. Like we, we're doing this better than anyone else. Let's see who else might be interested in it. You start to pick up a, up a couple clients. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I remember from an episode of Smart Nonsense that you described that it kind of like, it was in, I don't want to say in danger of, but like it looked like it was headed in the direction of producing, was it like longer form trailer or promo clips for startups? And then you're like, wait, we need to, to make this scalable. Tell us a little bit about that. Completely. Yeah. So what happened is, I should say squatter marketing too is much stupider than that. It's mostly... We hired too fast. We weren't making enough money. So we had 10 people sitting doing nothing. We're like, let's just do something. And that was doing other client work, squatting on it. 
But yeah, so as we start squatter marketing, just doing stuff for free, essentially paying to do uh, other people's work. Yeah, there was this great kind of, not great, the opposite of great, but diffusion of like what it is we do, right? You go to David Sachs and he's like, yeah, I don't necessarily want you guys for clips, but I've got all these portfolio companies that want to make YouTube videos and you guys know how to edit. So can you make this 10 minute video? Can you make this 30 second launch ad? Can you make this hour and a half long form podcast? And when you're starting and you get all this awesome traction that we had, you just say yes to all of that. You're like, yeah, if, if that's going to allow me to sit in the room longer with David Sachs, sure thing. We took on a comedian, Hassan Minhaj's Netflix special. So we're animating for his Netflix special, which is like, that's like something that would win an yeah. Emmy. You know, that's not really who we are, but we're like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We want to work with Hassan. Let's go. And what happened over time is us realizing that like, we aren't the right people for those kinds of jobs. They demand way too much perfection. Frankly, anyone or, or most production houses can do the long form stuff. Our edge is we're able to tell stories in 60 seconds. That's the hard thing. That's what most people can't do. So that's, we keep like, we squatted, we expanded. The thing started to get diluted. We started doing more long form, perfect content. And then that snapped back. And now we're like, no, we're this, we're the 60 second clip guys. And we're fanatics about that. Yeah, I, I totally relate to that in my current journey. Our company, uh, the company I started with my co-founders is a message management solution for creators that are overwhelmed with their DMs and comments. And when we first got started, we weren't sure of the exact direction that we we're going to head in. None of the three co-founders have a big social following. And we were like, oh, man, we, we need to understand what the actual problems are. And that's going to take doing some free work. So it's not exactly squatter marketing, but it's, it is a similar mindset of like, Hey, we, we do free work to learn and we do free work to build connections in the beginning. And then you have to, you know, be smart about when to transition it to something that's more sustainable. And so in our case, that, that meant moving from doing a bunch of like manual virtual assistant type work for a bunch of creators into actually building technology. I know you guys are, you guys have a, I don't know if you would call it V1, V2, V3, whatever it is. It's an early workable product. Tell us about that. I'd love to hear a bit more about the product and particularly from the direction of how would a creators or someone that first came across Clipped use the tool? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly on the money. It's like in doing all of this free work, the bright side, right? The silver lining there is like, now we know exactly what we don't want to mm -hmm. do. And so what we learned in all of that is the agency stuff doesn't scale. You can grow it, but it doesn't scale. It still demands like Dylan and I or an operator talking with these people one-on-one -on -one all day long. And I, I should say too, Dylan's superpower is his laziness, his smart laziness. So he will do whatever he can to take the least steps to some output or whatever. It's funny, I was in Iceland for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and Dylan was doing my job in a lot of respects. And when I came back, I had all these videos of like different shortcuts he had found for how to do my job better, faster, lazier. <laughs> and it's brilliant. So I don't think either of us is stoked to grow this agency we stumbled upon. We are in the sense that like we optimize for working with and producing content for our favorite people of all time. And we, we attain that somehow. It's brilliant. But we're like, yeah, like this thing could grow. But beyond our small circle of like inspirational public figures, we're not the right people to grow the agency. That's when we turn to Clipped. We're like, 
how do we productize this thing so that A, more people can tell better stories online and then they can use that product at effectively like zero cost or zero distribution cost because our agency product is very expensive. So it's all about like, how do we, for lack of better words, democratize that, drive the prices down to zero and allow more people to tell better stories online. That's all we know how to do is tell stories. Super cool. And it comes from such a place of like personal need too. Like if you think about a lot of the creator economy companies that have done the best, they're often founded by founders that were creators that needed this thing to survive or do their job or a couple bucks. Patreon's probably the biggest example where, you know, where the founder was a musician looking to figure out how to monetize differently. Now it's a billion dollar business. In our case too, it started as building the tool to take a lot of that hard production and editing and animating off of our team's plate, you know, because our clips, if it's a, a minute or a two minute clip, that's 16 hours head down animating. Yeah. We're like, can we take 80% off of their plate with a tool and be good enough? It's funny you say, yes, it came out of a need. We launched Clipped, at least V1, iterated a little bit to V2. And then Dylan and I sat down and we were like, we wouldn't use this thing. The brilliance of our product is, and the reason Dylan and I can put out so much content is the fact that it's automated. At Clipped, what we were asking customers to do was do that initial cutting down of their material from 10 minutes to two minutes themselves and then send it to us. So at the top of the funnel, we're asking them to do the hardest thing, which again is telling a story in two minutes. That's what we do best. So we're like, as Clip stands today, we wouldn't use it. We have to figure out how to bring that, bring our superpower to market, which is storytelling in 60 seconds and cutting down footage from five minutes to 60 seconds. That's what like today we're, we're still trying to figure out. Got it. So it started with storytelling and narrative plus editing and visuals. It got to V1, V2 of Clipped, which was bring your own narrative and story. We'll add the visuals in a really cost-effective way that looks freaking awesome with the, is it with the, assisted by AI? Is that right? Or is that the? A bit, yeah. So we have a couple tools, our little trade secrets that we basically use to help our, our editors like be 10x themselves. Got it. So you you found a way to do it that's really cost-effective and pass that value back to creators, companies, whoever wants one of these clips. In the initial learnings, you realized that the bring your own narrative piece actually removed some of the special sauce that you could add. So are you guys in the process of adding that back into the product? Is it already in the product or is that a future plan? That's what we need to figure out literally today. It was such a mishap in the sense that we thought people would pop open iMovie and cut their stuff down yeah. and then feed it into our machine. Our customers don't know how to use iMovie. They don't know what makes a good story. They don't know how to cut anything. They don't want to do that. We didn't want to do that. That's why we started the podcast and started the company and hired a team to do it for us. So if it were to work, we have to figure out that top of the funnel, automatically cutting stuff down for our customers. Got it. Okay. So what's the current state? Can customers like go and use the tool and, and start to like upload longer footage? Or is it uh, is there a particular date when it'll be available for people that are listening to the show? now or potentially in the, even in the future? Where were you in uh, September, end of September 2021 with this product? Right. So I'm, I'm scared to tell you, but people can go to clipped.it today, right now, uh, or, or maybe in the next few weeks. That's C-L-I-P-T.it, like clipped it. I'm worried, literally, as we speak, Dylan is taking down the type form. 
because he doesn't want clips to come through because we don't know what to do with them right now. A temporary pause to the assembly line. Right, like. exactly. Because it would it would kind of destroy the flow of things intercompany right now. So we don't know. It's like also at the top of the funnel, right? People don't know how to cut their own stuff down to tell a story. So we're like, do we create the marketplace that matches people like Jesse up with video editors across the world? Are we much like Uber is a managed marketplace, finding you a driver, giving them ratings and whatnot? Can we vet some editors because we're really good at hiring and, and offer that? We don't know. Our minimum retainer to work with us as an agency is 15 grand right now. Okay. 15 grand a month. What if we bring that down to five grand a month and still do some of that custom editing and then the full suite of animating? So it's like a step in the direction of Clipped. I think ultimately the plan is in five years and 10 years, Clipped is the kind of Canva for video where it's a full suite of, of tools. AI and whatnot that you, Jesse, can go to and in one click do all of that, the, or at least 80% of the, the animating we're doing. That's like a longer build. And, and we're talking to a couple of VCs about helping us find that that kick-ass developer to build the thing. Amazing. Because it would be hard. Amazing. But yeah, we don't know. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like the tools that are now available as founders for building companies, especially on the AI side that weren't even available like two, three years ago. AI as a service is like a real thing for, you know, for anyone that's listening, that's not in the startup world. In the past, you'd have to hire 10 data scientists to work on problems related to automation and AI. Now you can sort of source some of those tools and technology and put them together in new forms to create new startups and new companies. And the beauty of solutions like what you guys are building with Clipped is technology is advanced enough that you can build a really amazing software solution that exists in its own purpose, probably as a pretty cool company, but then seeds out into the world, all this incredible creative content that didn't exist before, because with your tools, people can do the job 10 times faster than they previously would have and can get back to being focused on doing creative things or whatever other elements of the creator job they have. And that's one of the things that I was excited about with the creator kit show was the ability to guide creators to tools that will accelerate their business. So it's been really awesome talking to you and hearing from you both as a creator who puts out some really, really amazing content and as a builder founder in the creator space. It's been a really awesome chat for people that want to follow you or find you after the show. We'll put all this stuff in show notes as well. But uh, what are the best places for people to reach out or just discover your work? Yeah, YouTube is the best place to discover work. That's daily. Henry Belcaster, if you want to reach out, hang out, talk, that's on Twitter, Henry Belcaster. Awesome, Henry. Thanks so much again for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Jesse, thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Later. That wraps this excellent episode of Creator Kit. If you like this episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a huge difference to us, and it just takes a click. Creator Kit is brought to you by Highbeam, the message management solution for creators. For more creator resources, visit us at highbeamapp.com or follow us on Twitter. See you next week.